Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host. I'll be speaking the words of the founders of three of the world's greatest religions this morning, Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus himself. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. On our last show, we channeled the angelic spirits of multiple well-known angels. They explained their roles and how the angelic energies interact with humans. If you have any doubts about the existence of angels, you need to check out this show. It's available on our Voice America archive or on our YouTube channel, which is in the name of Barry Strom. Connie and I attempt to bring you all the information that we can about the afterlife. I use my gift of spirit communication to talk to human souls, angels, all types of spirits, to educate anyone that's willing to listen to the miracle of what takes place after death. We currently have over 530 videos on our YouTube channel covering all aspects of the paranormal and the life after death. Today, we're going to continue to discuss the role of major religions in our modern world. We're going to discuss this topic with Buddha, the prophet Muhammad, and then Jesus. Buddha was a religious teacher who lived in South Asia during the 6th or 5th centuries before the birth of Christ. His teachings were training of the mind that included ethical training and meditative practices, such as kindness towards others, mindfulness, ethical training, and freedom from ignorance. So, Buddha, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Would you like to begin with a message? Absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to speak. As you know, when I walked the earth, it was thousands of years ago. Things were very different. It was a time of great wealth, and it was a time of great poverty, much like it is today. Seems as though some things never change. But I thank you for allowing me to speak, and I hope that my messages today will be able to help some. I think that will happen. Uh, Buddha, you were born to royal parents in Nepal. Tell us about your early life, please. I truly was gifted in my birth. My parents were very wealthy. They were, they lived within a walled community. We had everything we needed. And in fact, they tried to isolate me from the outside world. My parents were very good people. As I grew older, I would leave the walls of my home and I would see the terrible, terrible suffering that was taking place with all the poor. There was no such thing as schools or educations or hospitals or anything these people could basically do. They were assigned to poverty. And I felt great pity for them. I thought that there would be something that that I might be able to do to help them. So I left my home. I left my wealth. And I attempted to do my best to help the poor. There are no written records of your life or even documents within the centuries of when you lived. Would you please tell us the context of your teachings? 
in my time, there were monks. They would meditate. They would do things much within themselves. Instead of trying to show others how to raise themselves upon the poverty that they were living, they would trust to meditation, to internal strength. Many of them achieved a means of communicating with the other side. Many of them would have spirit presence come to them within their meditations. A lot of their focus was on individual assumption that there was a greater elevation to life. We thought of things as dimensional on earth. We would try today, you would refer to it as attempting to raise your vibrations. I preached very simple things, hoping that I could help the poor and those that were struggling. We tried to give them some knowledge of how they could better help themselves. We tried to give them knowledge how they could find inner peace. It was it was not that I spoke of a of a God. It was not that I spoke of organized religions and I spoke of self betterment. It was not an easy time to live, but we did the best we could to give information to the people and to help them to achieve, shall we say, a higher vibration. How well do the writings reflect your teachings? <clears throat> you see, my teachings were not recorded. It was only long after my passing that individuals started to write down. My teachings were passed on word of mouth and from memory. In view of how long it took for written documents to, to appear, I would say that, that the writings did a fairly good job of recording my words. My words were really quite simple. I would receive messages in my meditations. I would try to lead the individuals that were around me. I would try to do what I could in order to make their lives better. We didn't have government structures to lean upon, so everything was up to the individual. It, it was indeed a long time between my, my life and the time the documents appeared, but they do not do a bad job of reflecting my teachings. Okay, during your lifetime, did you receive messages from the other side? Did you have psychic abilities? Yes, you would consider them psychic abilities. There was, I would hear these voices sometimes. I would see figures appear to me in my dreams, and they would speak with me. I would have very lucid dreams. That was basically how many of the messages came to me. But 
my own personality was reflective of what I was hearing. I was so touched when I saw how the people were suffering. And I would look at how my life was when I was living at home. And I would feel so sorry for them because I knew the futility that they would be feeling as they would watch the rich and know that there was very little they could do. What do you consider the foundation of your teachings? Knowledge, doing kind things to others, helping, teaching, doing all of the things that you need to have accomplished in order to live a good life. I was not aware of the golden rule, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you when I lived. But that doctrine is probably the most helpful information that could be passed on. You see, I never specifically spoke of a God. I didn't have an understanding in life of just how God works or even his existence. But I spoke of pillars of faith, pillars of help, different ways that if you live your life, you will improve the ways of others. How did you see your teachings apply to modern times? I think my teachings apply perfectly to modern times. Many of the religions have lost their way. Many of the, of the organized religions do not follow the tenets of the founders. Greed and wealth has taken over many of the different faiths that we're seeing today. But the tenets that I spoke of can coincide with any type of religion. You can follow Buddhism and Christianity at the same time. My teachings will enforce what I think Jesus spoke of when he walked the earth. It is possible that my teachings are even more important today for the mass population of the earth than they were when I was alive. I believe that. Did you have any knowledge that there would be a time that Jesus would walk the earth? No. All I knew was that there were many, many problems in the earth that I walked. I knew that I wanted to help, and I knew that I wanted to pass on the information that I was receiving. But I had no idea that in the future, and it was far in the future, 500 years from the time that I lived, that Jesus returned to walk the earth. I was on this side when it took place, and I watched, and I did what I could to assist from this side. But when I was alive, I had no idea. What role do you see Buddhism playing in modern times? I see it playing an extremely important role. I think that Buddhism 
can assist in any type of religious thought, and it can it can show you a way of life. It is good for those that may have doubts about the existence of a single deity. Buddhism just simply shows you how to live. What role do you see for meditation? Meditation is very important because it gives the spirit world a way to communicate with you. It also gives you a way to find personal peace. Meditation is a great way to relax. And in today's world, with all the problems, everyone needs to be able to relax their minds. Absolutely. Now that you're on the other side, would you change any of your teachings to conform to modern times? If I was teaching today, I would stress the importance of teaching the young. In my time, there were no schools, so it was just assumed that the parents would would teach the young as best they could. But with today's education, you have to be careful. I would stress today that the parents need to assure the child of how they need to live their lives to find happiness. I would tell the the parents to tell the children about God, because now that I'm on the other side, my understanding is much different. But I think that if I was alive today, I would be spending much more time speaking about guidance for the young. That would be excellent. Do you see evil as being greater today than during your life? No. There was great evil in the time that I lived. There's always been great evil. And I don't think it is much worse than it was when I lived. The tools available to evil, the great wealth, the weapons of mass destruction, those are also much greater than when I was alive. But I think the existence of evil is pretty much the same as it's been throughout history. Buddha, do you see any way to defeat modern evil? Absolutely. It starts with the young. It starts with people following the doctrines that I laid out and how to live your life. If you help others, then others will respond to it. Today, you have to elect honest officials in your governments. You have to sort out what is true and what is fiction, but that is the same in my time as well. People have had no compulsion against lying throughout history. You have to be able to sort out right and wrong. If you teach people to love and not hate, then each generation will improve. It takes small steps. As we say, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a a single footstep. Would you explain nirvana for us? I think that nirvana corresponds to the seventh realm of heaven. I did not understand the existence of heaven when I lived. But when I returned, we were trying to achieve ultimate, shall we say, vibrations in our lives. We were trying to establish that we reached a level where we we would not want to return. And that would be the seventh level of heaven. 
You are aware of the terrible fighting in the Middle East. Do you see any path to peace that's been going on for so long? It's extremely difficult. Both sides have got to accept the fact of coexistence. If they decide that each can coexist peacefully, if they can establish governments that will teach peace, then it would be possible to coexist. But as long as there is so much hatred, it is an impossibility. The people, the powers of the great countries need to step in and establish governments that can get along. Until that first step is taken, it will take generations to eliminate the hatred that has developed. Buddha, thank you for joining us. I always enjoy our discussions. Uh, do you have a final message for our listeners? Yes, I want to thank you for allowing me to speak today. I hope that individuals will go out and pay attention to the words that you hear. Love and coexistence is incredibly important. If you do not show love, then you simply will not be able to coexist. If you continue to show hatred, then you will generate hatred. If you show anger, you will continue to generate anger. Live a good life. Devote your own life to helping others. Show that you understand how others are hurt. Do everything in your power to follow words of love. Try to eliminate the hatred that is affecting so many people today. Help others and show others the path. If each individual can change one other person, within generations, everything will be much better. So I thank you so much for allowing me to come through. I hope that you have listened to my words and that they will help. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Buddha. Okay, let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with the Prophet Muhammad. May peace be on to him. We will not be taking any phone calls today. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. 
His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in. We're honored today with the spirit of the Prophet Muhammad. We welcome his presence today with great respect. I've published a book of his previous channelings that is available on Amazon and my website, barrystrom.com. The book's available in English and Spanish. If you'd like to hear a compilation of his previous messages, they are available to you. Muhammad was born in the 6th century after the birth of Christ. He's the founder of Islam. So, Prophet, thank you for blessing us with your presence today. And I would also like to thank you, Prophet. Would you like to begin with a message for our listeners? Yes, absolutely, as well. Today, the world is faced with great hatreds. I am very sad to see what is taking place. I'm very sad to see that coexistence in many areas is very far from any type of understanding or existence. I envisioned Islam as a religion of faith, a religion of peace, a religion of helping those that needed help. Today, as I watch the world being torn apart, I am so saddened. There are those that think that dying in my name or in the name of Allah is appropriate. I would much rather have those individuals trying to help others and living a good life than trying to kill in my name. I hope that everyone understands that I have requested to speak today as well, and Barry and Connie are simply passing on my words. I thank them for doing that. So, Connie, I know that you have more questions for me. I do. What was the Arab world like in the late 6th century? It was a group of tribes. The Arab world had many different tribes. Many of these tribes would worship different deities. Many of them were nomads and would travel. Some tried to acquire lands. But it was, the world in the 6th century in which I lived was very violent. It was very split among uh, the different tribe ideals. It was a place where we could trade. 
the Christians, societies, were getting, got along well with us. We would trade with them. But it was a world that needed to be introduced to the concept of a single God and a way of cooperating among each other. And that was what I tried to introduce. You did. Will you please tell us about your early life? <clears throat> there were no such things as schools. You had to rely on your parents. My parents died at an early age. I was, I lived with grandparents. They taught me well. I learned how to become a merchant. I traveled and I gained practical experience. It was really not until my later life that I started to receive the messages and the information from the angels and from the guides and from God himself. It was not a bad life. I loved, I married, I did many of the things that anyone else would do at that time. Will you describe the relationship between the Christians and the Arab world during your lifetime? The Arab tribes would not intermingle that much with the Christians, but the Christians in those days got along well. We did not have great disagreements. The tribes did not try to convert Christians, and in most instances, the Christians did not try to convert the tribes. They tr we traded. We were quite peaceful. There were, of course, times of dispute, but there were nothing like you see today. Yeah, it's so sad. Did you receive your first revelation from God delivered by the angel Gabriel? And will you please describe what took place? It did not take place in a single instance. As I was growing older and in my mid-30s, I started to have dreams. I started to see angels in my dreams and spirits would come to me and tell me that I needed to address my life differently. They would tell me that there was a need for a leader, for a religious leader for the tribes. They would tell me that it was very important that the members of the tribes of the area understood that there was a single God. It was a transition. Yes, Gabriel did come to me on several occasions. He gave me information. He told me that he wanted me to speak of a single God, Allah. He wanted me to lead in the tribes to understanding that the worship of multiple deities was not the desire of the one God. He gave me much information, and they showed me how I should proceed. It was a very difficult task, but I did my best. And you succeeded big time. What were the basics of the Islam religions as you spoke of them during your lifetime? 
I wanted the people to unite. I wanted the tribes to live peacefully among themselves. And I wanted them to worship a single God. I wanted them to understand that the answer was not the multiple deities that they were worshiping. I wanted them to live in peace. I wanted that they would establish a way of worshiping the one God, a unified method. I wanted them to believe that peace and love would help them to develop. I wanted them to stop intertribal disputes and fighting. There were many things that I felt we needed to do to, to unite the community. And I started to speak the words that I was hearing in my dreams. What was it about your Islamic teachings that had the tribes finally convert to your faith? I think they believed in my leadership. I would speak the truth to them, and I would show them the way. I would try to explain that fighting among themselves was counterproductive, that if they cooperated, their lives would be much better. I tried to point out many of the logics that living and coexisting would bring to them. I tried to show them that love would be a far better experience to bring them coexistence. I just tried to simplify their lives and use common sense. Do you believe that your original teachings can lead Islam to expand in the modern world? The foundation can obviously lead them to expand. But there are things that they need to understand that modern technologies and modern thought processes require them to change some of the things, some of the teachings. The words that I spoke in the seventh century, many of them do not apply to what is happening today. If the modern Islamic faith understands the need for coexistence, the need for love, and the need to better everyone's lives, then they will do a better job of adapting to modern times. Equality is very important. In my time, the men were the ones that were educated. And they were the ones that made the decisions. Today, times are different, and women have to be accepted as equals. They can still follow many of the marital principles, but it is a time that if the abilities of women are fully utilized, that it can be of great benefit to the church. Equality is very, very important in our modern times. What do you see as the future of Islam? 
Islam is one of the world's greatest religions. The people of Islam are incredible people. Many of them show great love and help others. Many do wonderful things. But there is a group in Islam that pursues violence, and that violence creates animosity among many of the people that live with the Muslims that do not believe in the violence. The faith that I created is one of the world's greatest faiths. The people are incredible people. But some of the teachings are being subverted. If the true believers understand the importance of coexistence instead of versus hatred, then my faith will grow into the future. If individuals create great animosities towards my faith, and then it will be very difficult for the members of Islam to prosper far into the future. As technologies change, the importance of coexistence is even greater. I love all of my followers. I greet many when they return to paradise or to heaven. But we have all got to work to eliminate the great animosities in the world today. Would you explain to our listeners what the relationship is between Allah and the Christian God? <clears throat> there is a single God. God is Allah, and Allah is God. I did not fully understand this until I returned, but I can tell you that there is a single deity. There is no difference between the single deity and Allah, and it is important that everyone understands that. Yes, thank you. What is the relationship between the paradise of Islam and heaven of the Christian religion? Heaven is paradise. When you return to what the Christians refer to as heaven, you will be, referring, you will be returning to what we refer to as paradise. It is an incredible place that cannot be described. That's what we do. What is your opinion of what's taking place in the Middle East? I suspect it makes you very sad. It breaks my heart. I hate to see violence. There's both sides are, are wrong in this. The members of the Muslim faith have been abused through the years. They are not being accepted. There are many people that do not have a homeland. But the other world governments have done little to help. By the same token, 
there has been violence by Muslims, hatred towards Christians. Countries have sworn themselves to defeat and destroy the Jewish communities. People need to take a step back and understand that everyone needs to exist. I am so saddened by what is taking place. Prophet, during your life, you were a great military leader. In your opinion, when is the time to take military action? When the innocents need to be protected, that is the time. Okay, thank you so much for joining us again. Do you have a final message for us? Yes. I hope that you understand the reason that I've come forth today. I want individuals of the world to coexist. It is important that hatred and anger be eliminated in this world. The violence that is taking place in the world can create terrible animosities towards my wonderful members of my faith. I want all the members of my faith, even though they may need to at times turn the proverbial cheek, to understand that everyone must get along. I try to influence members of the Jewish faith to help and provide a good life for members of my faith in the Middle East. Two wrongs do not make a right. Live in the present. Understand the requirements of the presence and know that love and coexistence is incredibly important. So thank you for allowing me to speak. I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope that there will be those out there that listen. Thank you so much. I'm hoping for the same thing that you are. Okay, thanks so much, Prophet, for honoring us with your visit today. You're a true messenger of Allah and God, and may peace be with you. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be channeling Jesus and speaking of the future of Christianity. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? 
What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. The energy of Jesus is now with us. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus created a ministry in only three years that has changed the world. So let's truly hear what he believes lies in the future. Father, so thank thank you so much for being on the show this morning. I know that you are always with all of us. Uh, Would you like to begin with a message? Yes, I would. I would like everyone to understand the need to live in peace. Today, you have weapons of mass destruction that can destroy every human on the face of the earth. If you do not learn to love and to live and to not show anger, then the future can be very uncertain. Buddha and Muhammad are all agents and servants of the same God. Many different religions are required to serve the different areas of the world because of language differences, belief structures. But all of these religions need to work together for the proper evolution of humans. So I requested of Barry that we could all come forward today to speak. I hope that those of you out there accept the fact that you are truly hearing the words of the three of us. So, Connie, let's proceed. Lord, what is your opinion of modern religions? Modern religions lay the foundation of faith in the world today. Many of the religions are not adapting to modern times. Some religions are being misled. There are religions that bear little similarity in their teachings to the words that I spoke when I walked the earth. There are religions that are incredibly wealthy that do not use the money to truly help others. There is no religion or faith that truly represents my words when I spoke. My words were never written, and they were recorded from memory. 
Many of them have been changed, exaggerated. But today the Bible plays a very, very important role. It is not totally accurate, but it lays the best foundation available for many. The teachings in the Bible will help lead to coexistence. I spoke of the need to eliminate anger and hatred. I spoke of the simple need to live a good life. Individuals simply need to pay attention to those words and help others. How do modern religions conform to your original teachings? In some ways, they do. The, the religions that speak of the golden rule, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. The ones that speak of living a good life. Those are the ones that conform to my original words. The religions that state that they're the only path to heaven are in error. There are many, many paths to heaven. You will all return to heaven. How you are judged when you return is up to you. But there is no one religion that truly portrays the words that I spoke. Yeah, why do some of the modern religions not conform to your original words? There are individuals that believe that every word of the Gospels are correct. They fail to understand that there are words that have been changed through the years. There are teachings that have been exaggerated. For instance, I will not ever create an end of days. Why would I destroy the lives of humans that I love? All humans have a spark of God within. Even though there are humans that do not believe in me, I still love them. I would hope that there will be a time that humans have nothing but love in their hearts. When that time comes, then all will experience a happiness that they have never known previously. What role should the Bible play in an individual's life? The Bible should be a guide. It should not be the be-all and end-all of understanding and education, but it should show people love. It should teach people to coexist and get along, and it is the best written guide to date for instruction for humans. What do you see as the future of modern religions? Modern religions have to adapt. They have to become more flexible. They have to truly show people that they need to live a good life. And they have to show individuals that it is far better living a good life than living a life of evil. There are religions today that simply devote themselves to 
raising capital and money. There are religions that do not do what they should do in helping others. There are religions that say they are simply the only way to heaven, and that's not true. The modern religions need to understand that as the youth become educated, the religions need to adapt to teach the children and the young using those advanced and newer technologies. There are many religions in the world. I am speaking today of the Christian religion, but all of the different religions serve a great purpose in preparing individuals to return to heaven. Lord, do you think that evil is any stronger today than it was when you walked the earth? Evil is the same. It has not changed. You will see that evil was very present. Look at what they did to me in my death. Evil was everywhere when we walked the earth, just the same as evil is everywhere today. Today, people of great wealth can use evil to harm more individuals. And by time, the Romans ruled the world. Today, there are people that have great wealth and incredible powers over others. They can control countries and they can show hatred. I would hope that as time passes, more people understand that it is only through love and goodness that human evolution will continue to take place. So then that is the way that evil can be defeated, by showing love and coexistence. Yes. Any it, more ideas? <laughs> it has to be done one step at a time. The key is the younger generation. If the children are taught to love, if they are taught that there is a great equality between all humans, <clears throat> that just because you have a different skin color or speak a different language, you are all still the same, I assure you that when the soul returns to heaven, that there is a great equality. Do you think that the path to defeating, defeating evil lies in the hands of individuals or with organized religions? I think both. Organized religions can do great good, and individuals can do great good as well. Thank Lord, thank you for being the icing on the cake. Uh, do you have a final message for us? Yes. I want to be very positive today. In spite of all the terrible things that are taking place in the, in the world, there is great hope. There's great hope if each individual chose start, begins to eliminate hatred from their lives, <clears throat> if each individual shows love, and if each individual understands that anger will only bring anger upon them. Violence creates anger. Anger creates revenge. There is a chain of events that takes place that can only harm the world in the future. Use your free will to help others. 
Use your free will to show love. Use your free will to live a simple life. Understand that living a good life is the key when you return home. Understand that you will all return to heaven. Understand that when you return, you will return as equals. If you live your life as equals and help others, then all will be well. Just simply follow the simple love that, of which I speak. It will work wonders for you. So thank you for listening. I know there are many out you that truly believe that you did not just hear from the individual refer, or the spirit referred to as Jesus, but I can assure you that you did. I bless all of you that you listen, and goodbye. Thank you, Lord. Okay, <laughs> quite a show. <laughs> Next week, we're going to track the path of a soul energy from creation through reincarnate lives, a modern human life, the judgment, and the karma that comes with it. It's going to be a very complex show. We've never done it before, so I hope we can pull it off. We'll be channeling various spirits and guides to get the answers. My 10th book, Modern Messages of the Archangels, is available on my website, barrystrom.com, on Amazon. It's a good book. If you believe in angels, you can hear 20 of their messages. We channel 20 different archangels for this. Hey, I would like to thank you all for joining us today on the Voice America Variety Radio Network. Uh, please tell your friends about our show. The subject matter we deal with is important for everyone. If you'd like to see more channelings, as I said, we've got 530 videos on our YouTube channel. It's in Barry's name. Thank you. You all have a wonderful week, and God bless you. Yes, thank you for joining us today. Please tell your friends about it. I thought that it was very important that we investigate the future. The things are so incredibly bad. We're watching wars in the Ukraine, in Palestine, in Gaza. In Israel, people are killing each other. People are showing hatred. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us on the Voice America Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.